Hello everyone, Ben Maynard here. I'm a product and agility specialist and I have taken myself to Warsaw, Poland for the LESS Conference 2022. It's been a few years since I was last at a LESS Conference and this one has rekindled my love for them. So much so that I wanted to take a few minutes, well specifically 10 minutes, with some of the people whose talks that I saw or that I missed to get them to sum up their talk in 10. So, without any further ado, let's begin this episode. So I'm here with... Blage, which I've, I know I've pronounced incorrectly. How, how should I say it? Uh, you should say Boage. Boage. Blaze in English. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going I'm to try my best, but I can't guarantee I'm not going to continue to get it wrong. Um, you're a new friend that I've met today, yeah. and you were doing a talk at the LESS Conference 2022 in Warsaw, which I missed. So I thought it was a good opportunity for me to learn about what I missed and to get to know you a little bit better and to let our listeners get to know who you are a little bit and to also have you articulate your talk in 10 minutes. So over to you. Yeah, you, you, you already told me that it's catchy. So yeah, uh, I focused here on, on, on the irrelevant, irrelevant things that happen during the sprint review. Uh, we all focus on, and I hate it, so let's change it. So the talk was a part of my training, which is bigger. It's called e-commerce sparring. Um, and it's, it's a case of 10 case studies, true case studies, uh, and today's talk was one of it. Okay. So you said there's a, a course that you have, yeah. and which is based around 10 case studies, and today's workshop was based upon one of those case studies yeah, exactly. which is how to make sprint reviews less rubbish yeah exactly exactly uh, because uh, as a, when i started as a software developer uh, and i was learning about those fancy features we, we were developing uh, and didn't get why we are doing this i always felt stupid and uh, I, I was thinking this was something, yeah, I have lack of competences, but it's actually much more that I, I didn't have the information about what's, wh- why we are b- building something. So, uh, yeah, this is all because some, some stupid telephone Chinese whisper game is happening around. And uh, that's what this talk was about, how to change it. So can I pull out then from what you were saying that the reason to make them a little bit less rubbish, and rubbish meaning boring or dull, not people not engaged, is to help articulate the why behind the work that is done? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going level up when I think about the purpose of the sprint review, not only in Scrum, but yeah, as for, for the organization, we want to fit to the market. We want to be adaptive. This is our why. How we are going to do this? We are going to do this only by bringing the business guys, the business people, to the technical people. And uh, Scrum helps with that, especially Sprint Review, because it's yeah a synchronous place where we can talk. But many times, we, we how, how do we see Sprint Review? We see this uh, event as an yeah, opportunity to show what we did, uh, to ask uh, questions, uh, did you like it, and so on and so on. And 
the technical guys focus on yeah how to run this e meeting, how f- to fulfill the needs of the other business guys. But how do the business guys approach this meeting? Well, I have something in my calendar. So what? I have my own ego. I have my own own stuff. I I need to do every day. So yeah. This is many times the reason why we focus on the irrelevant stuff on the sprint review. So two of my least favorite terms for the sprint review are the sprint demo or show and tell. Are they terms which you have found like helpful with making sprint reviews interesting or do you find they work they they create the wrong mental model for people? That's actually a great question. Yeah. So, uh, what what we can use to change how it looks? Uh, for example, you you propose that we can use terms like it's it's uh, it's not a demo, it's not show and tell, uh, but still somehow many times we we focus on the sprint review on the irrelevant stuff, and it's all because we lack of certain competencies. And we got both sides, sides that have certain competencies. And what is a competency? It's, it's knowledge, it's skills, and it's attitude. And all the agile coaches, uh, trainings, organization like Accenture and so on came with those fancy 500 slides and they only focus on knowledge. So mm-hmm. uh, we can tell you how, what is the sprint interview and so on and so on. But I believe uh it's sometimes what right to focus on 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 skills and attitude mm-hmm. so uh, how to balance this lack of skills from the business side with the with the side of the IT guys so they need to not only give what the stakeholders need but also take some stuff Okay, so even in your talk, you gave some practical, I say you talk, your workshop, you gave some practical advice as to how you can kind of bring these, like bridge this, these gaps between the business side and the teams, then I suppose. Yeah, it's definitely to be, have to be practical. Also, if we address attitude and skills, uh, uh, it has to, on the training, uh, the training has to use uh, techniques that uh, that uh, increases skills and uh, increases attitude. So it's not slides, mm-hmm. but it's many times training something. So uh, simulation. So this is what I use many times in my workshop. So today on we 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 gone through a real case study of a sprint review uh, with two sides, uh, and we're simulating a true sprint review. How did it go? Yeah, it uh, it go right. Uh, and so maybe it's an English thing. Rather than say, how did it go? How did the people in the workshop receive it? Were they happy? Did they find value in the workshop? Uh, I'm always looking for a wow effect and uh, always encouraging the people to really share their even uh, own stories and skills. And... Uh, what I like from today is that, yeah, they, they added some comments that actually also 
also supported that yeah we focusing on focused on yeah all the other stuff and yeah be like true stakeholders that demand the deadlines and so on so you were asking them to role play a little bit oh role plays doesn't work it it uh, because uh, if you put people in certain uh uh, shoes, they, it's it too much of acting. Uh, I give uh, a lot of business context and technical context so they can somehow step in. And so it wasn't a role play. It, it was actual product with actual uh, conversations. That's one thing that I've been really confused about over the years is I was always taught and there's something I teach in my Agile coaching course as well, that we should always go for real play, not role play. But then I had a role play experience, which blew my mind. But there was a professional actor playing the, playing the role, and she was just amazing. And it was some of the best coaching practice I ever had because she was such a brilliant actor. You know, and I think that's the interest that I found very interesting is then, in that instance, maybe it isn't just real play. Maybe if you've got a really skilled actor or someone that really gets into it and can keep those boundaries of reality to it and not get carried away, it can be brilliant. But 90% of people that we come across aren't going to have those brilliant yeah, acting yeah, skills, yeah, are they? Yeah, so. yeah, but actually it's a nice tool uh, yeah. to implement in your trainings materials, yes. And uh, mm, uh, so to do best what you do, uh, if you are an actor, you actually got those skills that can help you to yeah, engage others in the simulation. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably something I want to try in the future. Also, also try actors. Yeah, I can give you her name and number. She was, <laughs> she was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But she, she was a, a professional. And the interesting thing was she had done loads of work with the people that were running the course. So she knew the context that was being taught as well. It wasn't like she was naive to it all. She understood the context as well. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Anyway, getting very distracted. Our time is up. We've done it. I think it's almost 10 minutes. Let me just check my timer. We are maybe even a little bit over. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, oh, we're bang on 10. So maybe we'll leave it there. Apart from... What is your workshop recorded? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Probably not. Mm. Okay. So if people wanted to find out more information about your, your course and this, this course built around the case studies because they're intrigued by it, they, where can they, they find that information? They definitely can find it on my website. Hope you link it somewhere below. And definitely they can meet me on so com many conferences. I, I try to, to go and uh, held, held a workshop. I always take something new to the stuff I already have because uh, it's, in, it's what I love. I love teaching. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to have this conversation with you. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. It means a huge amount to myself and to my guests that you're taking time out of your day to tune your ears into what they have to say. Don't forget to subscribe to the Less Matters podcast on the platform of your choice so you don't miss out on any of the awesome people we've got coming up. And also some of the brilliant little excerpts from the Less Conference this year. So again, thank you for listening and I look forward to having you hear my voice again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.